to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Wolves and the Eagles. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Wednesday, July 12th in the year 2023. Lots of things happening on Capitol Hill as more and more reveals come out of the corruption of the FBI as we also continue to learn just about the despicable nature of just about everything. But it's the one thing that we have to keep in mind is that we knew this was the world, and we've always been prepared if we've been paying attention to Scripture, and the greatest strength that we have has always been through our Father. Isaiah 40, 30 to 31, Even youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. Patriots, that is the time that we are truly in and decisions we have to make, critical ones in understanding truly the way ahead and what it's going to take for the rising warriors of Christ to defeat this enemy. Before we get going tonight, one thing that's very important is your air quality in your home. And that one thing is solved by a wonderful product that you can find at ekpure.com. ekpure.com. These are in, in, uh, air purifiers made by EnviroCleanse. They're a fantastic product. They have a combination of a fil- complex fil- filtration system, which is a hospital-grade HEPA filter and a mineral filter. And these combined are able to filter out the viruses, allergens, chemicals, and odors in the air. And they do an incredible job. All of that leads to a healthier air that we breathe, which brings a healthier body. The EnviroCleanse units are American-made 100%. They were actually selected by the Department of Defense as a choice of product to be used inside Navy ships to purify the air. So it kind of gives you the quality and standard in which these are built. And they are built well, really nice units, easy to install, very quiet when they run in the background. The EnviroCleanse unit, if you use your your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, you'll get 10% off plus a free air filter, air quality monitor. So head on over to EKPure, ekpure ekpure.com, ekpure, ekpure ekpure.com. Use your promo code BARDS, get 10% off plus a free air quality monitor. It's a savings of about $150. It's a great product. I have them in the studio. It's more to add in the home. They're great what they do, and it truly makes a difference. So, again, ekpure.com, ekpure.com, promo code BARDS. Well, Patriots, tonight where I want to start is just some basic framing of, of the craziness of our day. And I don't think there's a better craziness than Ukraine, and I don't think someone's spoken the truth better than Roseanne Barr in an interview with Pierce Morgan, who I can't stand. A little bit of language warning on this, but here we go. I go into it. I'm from the Ukraine. The Ukrainian 
the Ukrainian, there is a large faction of Nazis. I don't know if you know this, but there's a large amount of Nazis in the Ukraine, and they actually killed my whole family. Um, I'm from the Ukraine, and they marched my entire family, grandmothers, great-grandparents, well, look, ten yeah, siblings, look. out into the forest and buried them alive in the Ukraine. So I don't understand why everybody's Ukraine. Ukra well, I do understand, and that's also what terrifies me. People better wake up and do some research on their own instead of buying what comes across on the screen. And I try I mean, to shake them up, Pierce. You're goddamn right I do. I try to shake them up and crack their, their mind control programming. I do it for God. Well, here's, Roseanne, what I would say to that. I don't agree with you uh, about uh, a lot of the stuff you said about Ukraine. I know what you said, and you're perfectly entitled to your views. I would say in relation to the suggestion that they're all a bunch of you Nazis... You haven't the seen the swastikas well, well, on those soldiers' arms. The it's President in the Zelensky news. The President himself is Jewish, so obviously he is de facto not a Nazi. I know, but he's not a good one. Are, are, are all Jews the same? For God's sake, talk about anti-Semitic. Just because the guy's a Jew doesn't mean he likes Jews or that he's doing anything good for the Jews. I mean, so what? Who cares what anybody is? That was the whole point of my tweet. Just because they're, they're skin folk don't mean they're kin folk, you know what I mean? Just because they're the same color as you don't mean they ain't trying to lock your ass up. Wake up, people! She just nailed it. And one of the great things that Roseanne Barr just did was just open the can of worms on the uniform issue of Jewish culture. Not everybody is equal. And that's the thing that she's been she's brought to the surface here, which will openly begin a good debate. We do have the Khazarians. Let's not forget, they are the ones that took the title of Jews after the Russian czar gave them a choice or be exterminated. So there is a darkness in everything. And there's, we're going to find pastors that are dealing and diddling kids, too. So, I mean, this is the point she makes is spot on. And it's one that we have to start looking at people's hearts, not just taking them for granted. Now, in another great response by Roseanne Barr, she did define a woman today, if there's any question about that. So in our world of stupid, where we can't seem to define a woman, thanks to Roseanne, we now have a definition. Now listen, Roseanne, let me ask you the most difficult question in the world, apparently. What is a woman? How much do I weigh? No, what is a woman? <laughs> a woman is me. A woman is somebody whose breasts hang down to her stomach and who has uh, a prolapsed uterus from giving birth to five ungrateful little bastards who have never had to work for a thing in their goddamn life. That's what a woman is. <laughs> I don't think we have any more debate. Roseanne just closed the book on it right there. It's all done. It's decided. And we have an official definition of a woman. Now, Patriots, as we know, there was this cocaine thing found in that White House. Yeah, well, that and other things. Sheriff Mark Lamb in Arizona has a few things to say about the current state of affairs, which is totally on point. So if you haven't heard by now, they found cocaine in the White House. Um, pretty despicable, but I think we all have a pretty good idea whose cocaine that might have been. But we're going to let the uh, Secret Service do their investigation. I have a lot of faith in them. Um, but my question is, if they're willing to let you know that they found cocaine in the White House, and the media, the mainstream media is talking about it, what don't they want you to know? 
My guess is they don't want you to know that in Mississippi, a judge put a smackdown on this administration, the FBI and a bunch of other government organizations for communicating with social media. And he has said they can no longer communicate with social media. And it's clear that they had some, they covered up the Hunter Biden story, which had a major effect on the, the 2020 election. They covered up and, and stifled profiles talking about COVID and the vaccinations. And uh, this judge put a stop to that. Let's hope that they adhere to this judge's order. But uh, my guess is because they're letting you talk about the cocaine, they don't want you to know about things like this. Look into it. Uh, this judge got it right. God bless everybody. That's the truth. Uh, Sheriff. Yeah, that's Sheriff. That's Sheriff uh, Mark Lamb from Arizona. Patriots, that is always the same thing. Look here, don't look there. They're trying to take your eyes off, just like they're doing with our food issues as well. We have real food problems in this nation. And there is a systemic problem of what is going on in our food supply chains. We're starting to see a breakdown of that nationally. And we're also seeing that there is a, a future projection of food production, which is way low. Make sure that you have a good amount of food supplies in stock. It's essential. And the foundation of that are food supplies, emergency food supplies that last for years on your shelf, like 25 years, especially in the light of what we're looking at next year. And we're already seeing the food shortages begin in a different way, which is inflation. People are already being able to unable to buy food. And we're starting to see it in the rural areas where they're literally going out and we're starting to see increase in poaching. We're also seeing poaching of cattle on people's lands. People are starting to go hungry. This is going to create a desperate problem. So prepare yourself. Go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. That's, you'll go to My Patriot Supply there and find some of the best core stock food supplies you need. Those are going to provide you with full meals, full nutrition for each day, and you can get these in four-week and 90-day packages for the whole family. Get Make sure your each person in the family is equipped. These are food storage systems that will last up to 25 years. You can keep it on your shelf. Always know it's there no matter what happens and what crisis we hit. And so, again, go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. You will not be disappointed. This is a fantastic investment and insurance policy, basically, for a future that we don't know. But it's essential to have that as part of your emergency pl- supplies as we head into these coming months and years. Now, Patriots, in, in all seriousness, and, and to follow up on that again, we are seeing a spike, heavy spike, in the poaching and the rural slaughtering of cattle on people's lands. People are going hungry. And it's important to understand that this is all part of this chaos that they are creating to try to force, hopefully they're hoping anyway, to force some form of a civil war and to try to continue to distract us from those core issues that are starting to plague all parts of this country. Now, as part of that, we have been there's been a complete clown show up at in DC and again with no surprise we are continuing to hear about the insanity of our FBI the FBI that has been completely turned against Americans an FBI that is rogue an FBI that has been using its leveraged power to collect data on innocent Americans an FBI that has even go so far as to collect data on anybody that they could sweep up in January 6th whether you were there or not to try to get somebody roped into a potential criminal profile like a domestic terrorist, which would qualify you fully if you voted for President Trump. This is the administration's agenda, agenda, but more importantly, it's the deep state agenda to try to make anybody that is against their agenda part of the tyranny they're going to squash. Remember, they are the tyrants, but we're being made into being the tyrants. Take a listen to this exchange with Jim Jordan and 
uh, Director Ray, I always think of these words that Q told us, trust Ray. <laughs> this has worked out well. Oh, you want to listen to this. Time, but I do I want to enter one thing to the record, Mr. Well, can you do that after we just yield, then we'll enter the record after. Sure, sure. Uh, Director Ray, did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers? You have the time to meet. Did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers' debit and credit card purchase history in the Washington, D.C. area for January 5th and 6th, 2021? Uh, I don't know the answer to that as I sit here right now. Well, we do, because Bank of America gave us this email from the FBI to Bank of America. Well, I am aware that Bank of America provided information to the FBI, but what communications occurred between the FBI and Bank of America about it? Let's read it. To recap our morning call, are you... We are prepared to action the following threshold. Customers transacting debit card, credit card, Washington, D.C. purchases between 1521-1621. That's scary enough. But then the next bullet point's even more scary. Any, any historical, capital letters, all capitals, any historical purchase of a firearm. You guys asked financial, it's the least Bank of America. We think more. Did you guys ask him? Again, I don't have the full sequence of the back and forth. You've got one, looks like you've got one email that I haven't seen before here. Um, so I don't know that I have the full exchange that this what is. What Jim Jordan is focusing on is not even the worst part about that email. He's focusing on the fact that if you bought a firearm six months prior, your information got sent to the FBI. Well, let me tell you, that's not the part of the email that got my information sent over to the FBI by Bank of America. Let's read that again. Any historical purchase going back six months, generally for weapons or weapons-related vendor purchases. Well, you remember the ammo shortage, right? Yeah, we were told that there was a shortage of ammo. So we went out and we stocked up on the ammo that we could get our hands on. Well, son of a bitch, didn't we just play right into their hand? That was the summer of 2020, six months prior. To January 6th. And I never even thought of it that there was no more ammo shortage after January 6th. I don't know that the correlation is directly that simple because from all the evidence that I did look at in that ammo shortage, the ammo suppliers were definitely trying to fill the orders. Federal was one of them. A lot of American-made um, ammo suppliers were expanding production because there was a massive demand. But nonetheless, the way they set up that sweep of information, they were able to rope into the people that were buying more ammo during the period. So there isn't really a cause and effect in sense of like a setup for ammo, but there definitely is a collection of data that included those buying more ammo in the shortage period. All of that, either way, leads to massive red flags on a, on a country. And the problem we have right now in this nation is that the wolves that control the narrative are continuing to intimidate the people and keep us at, on off, off our feet. And it really has to stop. We really have to start turning the tide on this. And where that begins is we have to start, stop being afraid of them. And that's easier said than done, especially when people are afraid of losing things. And that's the key thing right there. Afraid of losing things. They know that our worship and our control in this culture in this country is based on things, leveraged of our debt, leveraged, everything is leveraged in debt. That's part of the part of the slavery. Everything that we are doing is leveraged in a place of fear of losing. And the reality is that 
Most Americans right now are not that far from losing everything. It doesn't take much. If somebody gets, when somebody's heavily leveraged in debt, so you have a mortgage, you have a payment on your car, you have your health insurance, you have your all your normal bills, which is ironic. Do you realize we're the only species on the globe that has to pay to live on this earth? Just thought I'd say that so you kind of get the idea. But anyway, you have property taxes, you've got your federal taxes, all these things. And so what they do is they continue to squeeze you into compliance and people are afraid if they don't do something that they're going to lose it. And this is the way they've been so successful is in the divide and conquer strategy. And the divide and conquer strategy here is masterful because essentially what they have done is they've created so many people that are working as individuals and we forget the collective power we have as a whole. What happens if everybody stops paying their mortgage? Banks don't have money flow. And they're going to say, well, they're going to start kicking everybody out. They're going to kick everybody out? See, this is the power of the, of the people. What happens if a bank says, well, you're going to take a CBDC, and then everybody walks in and says, give me your money. Give me my money now. That's a run on the banks. And they're not going to be able to produce it, by the way. But it's the point that people have to start working together. When a company, we're seeing this working very well right now with Bud Light because Bud Light that went woke and brought in that, that trans freak to push the beer has been hammered, not just in Bud Light, but now all sales across Anheuser-Busch are getting devastated, which is fantastic. We have to take the same attitude towards everything and, most of, and in particular towards our federal government. Our federal government is criminal. Be clear about that. They are a tyranny. They are criminal. They, are, they see themselves as the authority over the people. Our authority is God, not them. And they have taken this power and control using the many levers of control over the years to, con- to control each other. And that's where we start to get into a lot of problems. There is a piece here I want to play. It's about five minutes. This is the latest report from Greg Reese. It deals with child sex slavery, but it also gets to the core of a lot of what this is doing and the bigger picture of things. And I want you to hear this. To control people, you have to have a very powerful lever to keep them in line with an agenda to take down a nation. And children are at the core of that. The Sound of Freedom was completed five years ago, but Disney fought them in the courts to keep it from being released. Hollywood employs several convicted pedophiles, and mostly at Disney and Nickelodeon, who specialize in children's programming and have even rehired pedophiles after they've served light sentences for raping child actors. Hollywood has been abusing children since its inception, including child actors of the 1930s, such as Shirley Temple, Mickey Rooney, and Judy Garland, who wrote that she was constantly molested behind the scenes by powerful men, including MGM co-founder Louis B. Mayer. And nothing has stopped Hollywood from continuing this horrific abuse. It has been known for decades that governments have systemically abused children. Beginning in the 1960s, the German government began placing thousands of foster children into the homes of single pedophiles and continued doing it up until the 1990s. Thousands of Catholic priests have been accused of raping children, and no justice has ever come of it. Jeffrey Epstein was targeting individuals and recording them raping children as a form of blackmail so that powerful entities could control them. Epstein has disappeared, 
and so has his little black book. Many have claimed that Hugh Hefner was doing the same thing for the CIA that Epstein was doing. In 1976, Hefner's Playboy magazine published erotic nude pictures of a 10-year-old girl, and nobody seemed to care. The effects on these children can often be fatal, whether it's from blunt trauma or suicide, and those who survive most often struggle with it for their entire life. To me, sexual abuse, it kills a child. I think it kills the spirit of a child. I think it kills normalcy in a child. So I just have spent a great deal of my life, uh, you know, walking around really as a, as a dead person in a sense, because I almost feel like I was murdered. Child abuse has been used as a form of trauma-based mind control because it often forces the child to disassociate, which has been known to create multiple personalities. MKUltra whistleblower Kathy O'Brien came from a family of multi-generational child abuse that sold her to the U.S. government. I developed a compartment in my brain, a little area behind amnesic barriers that was actually the neuron pathway shutting down in my brain in order to compartmentalize the memory of abuse so that the rest of my mind could function normally as though nothing had happened. My father's sexual abuse expanded into child pornography and he was sending this child pornography of me through the U.S. mails. And it was, he was caught. The pornography was confiscated by a criminal faction of our government. A local politician approached my father and told him that he would receive immunity from prosecution if he would sell me into the CIA's MKUltra Project Monarch. Some families practice incest and pedophilia to gain power and to maintain it. Inbred Jacob Rothschild explains it here while reading a quote from his inbred relative, James Rothschild. In our family, we've always tried to keep love in the family. <laughs> in this sense, it was more or less understood since childhood that children would never think of marrying outside the family so that our fortune would never leave it. <laughs> you couldn't write that today. <laughs> our entire system is profiting from child slavery, about $10 billion a year in the U.S. alone. And our entire government seems to be involved. Congress has paid millions of our tax dollars to cover up their sex abuse crimes. Thousands of children are being trafficked across our southern border. And now it's become trendy to castrate children and turn them into a so-called transgender. And if we the people don't do something about this, then the blossoming surveillance state will have a solution. Don't be surprised if our children are soon monitored 24-7 under the guise of keeping them safe because we have failed to do so. While we cannot expect to rid the earth of all evil, something obviously needs to be done. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Because we have failed to do so, keeping them safe. And that's really at the core of everything we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with a moment in time where we have to come to the realization that we trusted the state to do what we should have done. And that's really the, juxt the juncture that we're at. We have a country that by definition is a country of we the people, by and for the people but we've become a country of subordinate to the government, that we look to the government rather than we are the people of power. And then once we did that, we literally handed all of our power over to this satanic cult. 
and in so doing, abdicated our responsibility and our power to something that never had anything good in mind for us in any way, shape, or form. We're living in a very dark time, but at the same time, an amazing time of coming of age, of realizing truly who we are and what our responsibilities are. And so we are constantly being inundated with new revelations, which can be overwhelming. But we have to keep in mind where we sit and who we truly are. Again, I'll read as I opened Isaiah 40, 30 to 31. Even youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. That's the moment we are in where we start to awaken to the true sense of who we are, the sons and daughters of the Most High. And that's where we begin to step into this world and use our authorities. Now, this piece here is a very, it's a very heavy perspective on where we are in this walk. And it's a piece spoken today or spoken recently by Reverend Calvin Robinson at Oxford. And I say it recently, it was done in February 23rd of 2023, so a few months ago. But it's a powerful piece to listen to his testimony, his perspective on what they're doing and where we are as Christians in this world. We are directly talking about undermining God's plan as he has revealed it to us. We're replacing his authority with our own. If marriage is no longer between one man and one woman, are we open to the idea of polygamy? We disregard the heterosexual aspect, so why not the monogamous aspect too? If love is love, as we keep hearing, who's to say that three men loving each other is not more love than two men loving each other? And I'm sure someone in this chamber has echoed the words love is love tonight, and this is not about love being love. This is about marriage, the sacrament of holy matrimony. It is directly connected to love, but it's not the definition of love. Too many people utter those words and confuse the meaning of love. Agape, the biblical context of love, is a divine love, it's a sacrificial love. It's not lustful. People often conflate sex with love. It's very disingenuous, we've heard quite a bit of that. But then of course, atheists often pirate the words, God is love, and we've heard that one tonight too. Again, without any understanding, yes, God is love. But he sets the terms, not us. Another one we've heard plenty of is inclusivity. Should the church be more inclusive? Again, it's a play of words. It's, it's virtue signaling. It's to appear good rather than to be good. The church should absolutely be inclusive. Christ spent time with tax collectors and prostitutes, but it is they who went away changed, not Christ. We are fallen, therefore we are all sinners. The church is open to sinners, of course it is. That's the purpose of the church. But it should not be to encourage people to continue to sin. Our duty as clerics is to help lead people to Christ, to lead them away from sin, not to embrace it, not to affirm it. I know many LGBT people who live lives in Christ. They abstain from sexual gratification to be closer to God, and it's not easy, it really isn't. It's perhaps not fair, but it is right and it is good. And these people are being let down. I've had people crying, saying, I could have got married, but I did what the church taught me was right, and now the church is saying they were wrong all along. I've wasted my life. As Christians, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. 
In the secular world, we already have equality in law. People can enter civil partnerships or even gay marriage outside of the church, and that's their prerogative. However, the faith is inherently discriminatory. God is discriminatory. He sets conditions on us entering his heavenly kingdom. It is not a free-for-all. We must turn away from sin, repent, and follow Christ. And I want to specify, it is the sin that is the problem, not the sinner. Every single person is loved by God, and God forgives all of us of our depravity. But we have to turn away from our sins and turn toward him. And it seems the panel opposite me has forgotten to separate the sin from the sinner. One can denounce sin while still welcoming the sinner. So as I wrap up, my message to the proposing side is do not lead us astray. Do not lead people astray. Do not be the wolves in sheep's clothing. Do not be the false teachers that the Bible warns us about. Remember your obligation to defend the faith. Stop teaching about diversity, inclusion, and equality, and get back to teaching about redemption and salvation. This is spiritual neglect. Help people by telling them the truth. Be kind to people by supporting them through those struggles and reminding them that Christ suffers with them. And be compassionate by leading them to Christ when the world tries to lead them away from him. The church is imploding and the faithful masses have stopped turning up on Sundays and we are seeing the most rapid decline of Christianity in this country that we may have ever seen. Do not accelerate it with heresy. You do not have the authority to bless sin. When I hear the Bishop of London on record saying these new prayers will mean priests can bless same-sex relationships, some of which may be sexual in nature, I hear the devil at work. Bishops are promoting the idea of sacramental sodomy. Let them be anathema. Repent. And to the rest of you, I have no doubt that some of you will consider me a bigot or a transphobe or a homophobe, but I am neither of those things, none of those things. I am simply a follower of Christ, a Christian. And we are naturally countercultural. And if so-called liberals were truly diverse and tolerant, they would embrace us just as they embrace everyone else. And the point has been made, but the growing Christophobic attitude around this public debate and the ugly level of, of hypocrisy is that we really see people hold Muslims and people of other faiths to the same expectations that they hold Christians to. Who is calling for the Quran to be updated to modern societal norms? The same patronizing attitude of people of other, that treat other faiths patronize other faiths while being intolerant towards Christians at the same time. It's a shame, but in the words of St. Athanasius of Alexandria, if the world is against the truth, then I am against the world. If the world is against the truth, then I am against the world. I agree 100%. And that is exactly where we have to stand. The beauty of that piece right there is to remind us very clearly that the walk in Christ is not just some random thing. That's this idea of spirituality. That's the idea of do as thou will or shall. That is truly the centerpiece of everything satanic, that there is no accountability. And we live in a world right now where there is literally a rampant sense of no accountability. Now, I was just, as I was looking through chat, as I was going, there was a great comment here, and I want to read it. Eagles are the only bird that doesn't go to ground when a storm approaches. He locks his wings and flies into the storm and so rises above the storm. There could not have been a better statement for the sense of tonight's show. Wolves are on the ground. When the storm comes, they hide, they dig in, and the eagles soar. We have a choice to make in these times. We talk a lot about the choices, but there's so much amazing power that we have in this world when we decide that we will not play the game of the wolves and we won't be victims of the wolves of anymore. 
We have to begin rising up, and we do that by speaking truth into the world. We do that by being bold and fearless, not being intimidated by those crazy fools that try to tell us that we're coming after your kids, not being inflamed in anger, but being righteous in our direction of what we do. Righteousness and anger are different things, and we have to get it clear in our heart. And that goes to the centerpiece of what we have talked about so much, that it centers from a loving and forgiving heart, that the righteousness that rises up within us is the fire of kingdom to understand that there is a right and then there is a wrong. As Bishop Calvin or Reverend Calvin Robinson spoke, he knows people that are LGBTQ, that abstain from sexual relationships or marriage. And in so doing, try to serve God because they're struggling with who they are versus what the faith requires. I would probably add in there, they probably need work in deliverance and it would be set free. But that's outside of his statement. Nonetheless, the churches now that are stepping forward and saying things like, well, we'll accept you. You can do anything under the under God. Anything. We'll bring you in and we'll include you and we'll fly your, your rainbow flag in front of us and we'll accept gay marriage in the church and we'll accept gay pastors. Those are abominations in the walk with Christ. They're abominations in a world that God has framed out for a very particular reason. And we have a hard time at times stepping into that truth because as we speak it, we hear the voices of this powerful media system, the wolves, the wolves that are howling on the mountains, the wolves that are howling at your doorstep that are saying, you do, and we're coming at you like a pack. And instead of being an eagle and flying up and laughing and saying, go ahead, because with my talons, I'll fly down and I'll grab you by the nap of the neck and I'll lift you high and drop you and break your neck and destroy you and then feed on you. We cower away. We drop our wings. We, we crawl inside and we shiver and we forget who we are. We are the children of the Most High. Our Father has created everything. This is no match for Him. We live in a broken and fallen world. We know that. We have been placed here behind enemy lines. And it's a choice of our heart of how we choose to walk, how we choose to see each day, how we choose to step into this world, how we choose to believe and walk. Are we going to walk truly with Christ fearlessly or are we going to let every turn turn us into a quivering mass? Are we going to, are we going to worry about the, the craziness that comes out of D.C.? Not really. I mean, I hardly pay attention to this noise that comes out of there because it's just a, a show. And it's while it may be feeding those that are deep in the coma of the narrative, the zombies that walk out here every day that feed this NPC crowd that feeds constantly on the CNN images and the NBC and the ABCs and the MSNBCs, while it may be beginning to shake them, there I don't think there's a more powerful engagement than when they are confronted with the truth that's brought by the truth in Christ. And if we are doing our job and doing what we are intended to do, which is to spread and share the gospel of Jesus, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to shake out demons and do greater works than he, tell me who can stand against that. There's no greater weapons that we have than those authorities given to us on this earth. What do you say to somebody who is broken in their heart that suddenly is healed? They know where that healing comes from. They can deny it, but it won't be long. We have a friend who's dealing with an evil, evil neighbor. I, he's broken, deeply broken. And he's constantly 
constantly just causing problems. And he, he relishes on causing disruption in other people's lives. And we had a conversation the other day, and this man is in a wheelchair. And my, my only question was, have you prayed to have him walk again? See, the way that we win this war is by doing exactly what this program system we're in tells us not to do. We're not supposed to give kindness to people because if we do, then they don't somehow have justice. We forget who truly is the judge of this world. That's Father, not us. And when we walk into that space and we lean into that with the authorities given to us, we forget the power and the might of the Holy Spirit. There's also this other piece that we forget. We forget very clearly that when there is such a problem, instead of appealing to the courts of men, we can appeal to the courts of heaven. And when we step into that walk with Christ, we truly have that authority. So on one hand, we can pray for the healing, but if this does not go away and the broken heart is going to continue to be a vengeful and ravaged heart to try to hurt and harm other people, then why are we not bringing it to the courts of heaven? We can. We have that authority. We can pray into it. We can tell, Father, with our authority, we are bringing this case to the courts of heaven, and we are asking for judgment to be bestowed upon this. Today in Bended Knee, we brought Gavin Newsom to the courts of heaven. We asked and prayed for judgment to be delivered upon Gavin Newsom. Blessed are the peacemakers, the peacemakers. And those are the mighty ones that carry the sword of the Spirit in a great and amazing way. We have these powers here. It's not like superpowers. It's not like some sort of spiritual woo-woo stuff. These are authorities that God gave us. He gave it to us in Genesis. Christ reaffirmed them in the time. We've seen them throughout scriptures. The problem is, once again, we have lived in a world where a weakened pulpit doesn't want to acknowledge that one of the critical things that they must do is to deliver healing to the people. Think about this. The church's failure to deliver healing has allowed pharmakia to replace the gift that God gave us and the authority that God gave us. They didn't have to, they didn't have to do any sort of magic, black magic to draw you in. All they had to do was say, our door is open, we'll heal you. And the church just say, heal. Well, I'm sorry, we don't, we don't do that here. We just need to abide by the scripture. We can pray on it a little bit, but ultimately you probably should go see a doctor. And the door is open. To really see this play out, all you have to do is go to an old culture. And you see this in First, First Nations culture. You see this in ancient cultures around the world. Christianity comes in. People talked about Jesus. They get empowered by Jesus. They're like, okay, I'm ready. And then they say, okay, I'm sick. Now what do I do? And nothing happens. So what do they do? They go to the shaman, and the shaman heals them. And you're like, okay, this doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going to the shaman. He's healing me, and you're telling me that Christ has got all this power. What the heck is that about? We have these authorities. And when we start stepping in and truly being the true, the true children of God, of the Most High, we become the eagles, and the wolves have no power. And when you can imagine this army that God has, this dispersed across the world, and I'll just take Bard's nation as this remnant that walks sometimes in a group, sometimes individually, but you know that wherever you walk, the wolves will run because they know what you carry in your heart. They know that you carry the love and the power of Jesus, 
that you can truly heal as God told us to do. That's where we need to be. That's how we convert this war to a win. It's so fast. The enemy will run. And when the enemy is told and understands that when you arrive, it's like a new sheriff in town. When the enemy understands that you're walking in and saying, okay, hey, y'all, good. Uh, You got a little problem with demons? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just going to put the demons on notice that we're not even going to, it's not our job, even though we'd love to cast you into the lake of fire. We're not going to do that. We're just going to bring you to the courts of heaven and bring you to the feet of Father for judgment. And it's going to suck. And I'll tell you, our Father is happy to step in there. That's our authorities. But again, we're not, we're not conditioned to believe in this. We're conditioned to believe we are powerless in front of them. We are conditioned to believe that fochis tell us how to get healthy as they kill us. We are conditioned to believe that perverts can walk the streets and perverts can infect our teaching and perverts can infect our judges and tell us that your kids are going to be taken away if you don't allow them to have their nuts cut off or their, or their girl's breasts removed. Where's our authority? I absolutely declare judgment on all of those. And I will bring by name anybody that does that. I will gladly bring by name to the courts of heaven, pray into it, and ask Father to de- deliver justice and judgment upon that person for doing something so egregious as to demand that they want to do harm to the little ones. We know that's a red line. In the only place in all of Christ's time, outside of flipping tables, flipping tables was one thing. Christ goes straight up gangster when he talks about how to deal with the little ones. A millstone around their neck and cast into the sea. I don't know if you thought that one through, but a millstone's pretty big, and you're not going to get out from that, and you're going to have a horrible death as you sink to the bottom drowning. And that was Christ, the that loving Christ, the one out here that's telling us that the church has tried to tell us this image of a limp-wristed, smelly, hippie Christ. No, that's the warrior Christ, the Son of God, the one that leads the armies, that stands command over the earth, that says to us, you have dominion here to step on snakes and scorpions. You have dominion over evil. You can do all that I do, and you can do greater works than me because I am going to the Father as long as you believe in me. That's it. And it's that simple in winning this war. It is that simple for us to understand truly the mightiness of who we are in this world. We struggle. We get confounded by what we see in our court systems. We tell ourselves, oh, this is going to take forever. I can't believe this. We're never going to get through this corruption. You're right. In terms of every single day dealing with every pervert and jerk that has infested this culture that now thinks that diddling kids, looking at child porn, promoting that sort of industry and despicable behavior that's walking in a moral bankruptcy to get rid of every one of them, that's a lot of people. And it's a busy day in hell for every for those that are there. But what we're not doing enough of is bringing, and I'm, I've been guilty of this, but this is now changing. What we are not doing enough of is bringing these people to the courts of heaven and asking and demanding justice and judgment because we can. And there will be times, I guarantee, that Father will push back and say, I I don't want you to ask this now because he probably sees something in somebody that we don't. But we nonetheless have the authorities. And so it's time we start living into that. We need to be the eagles. 
and quit being the chickens on the ground. We need to quit being victimized by the wolves because we start keep forgetting that we can fly above the storms and instead we're starting to run around like chickens trying to hide from the wolves that are hunting us. That has to end. And that ends in our hearts, not in our minds. God does not speak in our hearts. Satan tries to, to confuse our thoughts. That's where the war is. The helmet of salvation is what you should be putting on every day to remind yourself that there is a demonic attack here and this war is spiritual first and foremost. And anybody that says otherwise, I laugh. I'm like, seriously? How do you think this eruption of all this perversion happened in our world? Because some, something magical, a timing, they planned this over years. They sent out a magic code in a moment when Biden came in. What did he say? Like, I uh, forget my name or something. And they all went, oh, it's time to wake up for us to be a pervert in the public. No. This is how spiritual war works. That we fall to such a level as a nation where we've walked so far away from the Father that suddenly with all the pieces in place that they've been working on for years and years, decades, suddenly their door opens and we aren't there to stand in the gap to say no. We still lurk on the side believing we're chickens as the wolves rush in. There is a remnant. You know if you're a remnant. We're a remnant. And we're a remnant for a reason. I say it every night. We're here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. Those aren't accidental words. This is words for us to lean into and start understanding who we truly are. And it begins with our walk each and every day to get up and know that you're stepping into this world as a fearless warrior in Christ, awakened and arising. And then when you step into the world, when you see evil, you confront it. You don't walk away from it. When you lean into this fight, you understand that you have kingdom with you and you have the authorities of kingdom. When I was asked by God to walk a bloodline around Bethel's new church, 30 some acres, and I pulled up and there's a maintenance guy sitting across the way, security guy. And I said, mm, Father, I haven't done this before. How do I deal with him? And he literally said this, you're on kingdom business, start acting like it. And it shook me because I realized how I was stepping away from the greatest authority in the universe in a task that I'd been asked to do. Well, we've been asked a task. We've been given a commission. The commission was prepped by seven pillars of county by county, a foundation that we each were to lean into to build on the last three years. And then the commission that was given over 10 days ago, just a little over 10 days ago, which is now, as God named it, Operation Vineyard. This is a task to rescue, heal, and restore the children because God understands very clearly that if we go after the children and do just that, the enemy has no more power. So the question is, are we going to wring our hands and wonder, like, what are we going to do? Or are we going to do like more and more people are doing and saying, I'm all in and stand up and assume the power and authority that Christ gave us? That's where we need to walk. And when we do that and that fire of righteousness burns, there's nothing that stands before you that can succeed. So when you get confronted with those challenges, whatever they are, as trite or as big as they are, all you have to do is remind yourself what commission you're on. Because I guarantee you, whatever this distraction is you're dealing with, somewhere in the way of tra tracing that back to its origin, 
The devil's got a hand in it to try to keep you off base or off the path of doing the one thing he wants and he desires the most. He wants the children and we're getting in his way and we will. This is us now walking in authority. This is now us leaning into being the sons and daughters of the Most High. I'm not waiting for the end. I'm not going to wait or worry about when that happens. Not even Christ knows the hour or the time. All I know is we have a mission. And that mission has to be with fire of righteousness going ahead and crushing this evil before us. And that's going to take many, many different forms. As I said the other night, some are going to be on the point of the spear, kicking in the door and grabbing those kids from the very clutches of death. And however they deal with those purveyors of perversion, that's as God leads their hand. But there's a whole army behind that that are about healing and restoring and raising up the power and the, of the Holy Spirit within this nation. And as those beacons and strongholds start to rise, so goes the community because they will be affected by the glory of God itself. And we will raise this nation up. And in so doing, that impossible mountain of the millions of people that have lost their way, don't worry about it. God's got that. Let us do our job. Let the Holy Spirit strike the hearts and let them be brought to the altar to see the power of Jesus, to experience it as they look around and see those that are truly walking with Christ, to walk the mightiness of the Holy Spirit in their life and then to seek it and say, I want some of that. And we're like, come our way, we'll show you. It's a beautiful walk. All you have to do is love. Let's pray. Father, we come to you humbled, on this day in reflection of the mighty things that you've put before us, a commission and a world that seems so unbelievably broken. And yet we know, Father, that as we walk into our authorities and truly lean in you and walk with you rather than trying to walk on our own, that all things are possible. So, Father, tonight, to reinforce a prayer of earlier today and to add to it, we're requesting three people. We're doing more than that, Father. We're declaring with the authorities given to Christ by Christ to us as the children of the Most High, we are declaring three people be put before the courts of heaven for judgment. Gavin Newsom, the current governor of Oregon, Tina Kotek, and the governor of Washington. We are asking that these three people be brought to the courts of heaven and that judgment be bestowed and be put before them. That this is the hour now that these people are leading the insurgency against our children. Let them be judged. Father, we pray these things in the authorities given to us and with the blood of Christ. This is time, Father, that we turn the tables, that we step in to the authorities that you ask us to walk in, to start reclaiming this world, not through the courts of men, but through the courts of heaven. So let our prayers be heard. Let these people be judged. And in so doing, Father, let us begin to turn the tide on the war against children as an echo, as a ripple across this nation for three governors to now face judgment and for it be visible and understood by every one of these demonic fools that are trying to run, railroad the children into hell. Let them know that the children of the Most High have now assumed their authorities and are now using the courts of heaven to bring justice to this world. 
Guide us in this hour, Father. Bless us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We have to be bold and understand that the most precious gift ever given to us are the children. God has given us everything we need. We just now have to believe and trust. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.